Hello and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys. So Nadine Lee is a tantric alchemizer. She is devoted to helping you master your sexual energy to live your most creative and orgasmic life, okay? This woman is amazing. Um, And this episode was actually recorded April 7th, 2020. So exactly one year ago today. Um, And... I realized I hadn't published it and I got this urge. I'm like, where is that episode? I need to find it. I need to share it. I want you to hear um, this episode about cyclical living. And so it was so interesting because when I realized it was exactly a year ago today. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we have Nadine Lee with us. So Nadine is an international teacher of the tantric arts, and for the past decade, she has been devoted to personal transformation and apprenticed with gifted shamans, tantrics, and spiritual teachers. She is a highly gifted in seeing others' potentials and is passionate about sacred relationships within and without and creating sacred spaces for individuals to awaken to their fullest potential. She's the founder of the Tantric Alchemy School of Awakened Arts, offering trainings and online courses, empowering female leaders in sexuality and spirituality. She also coaches couples and individuals in tantric and embodying and being their soul essence. Nadine, welcome to Joyfully You podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit more and, you know, just kind of glean some of your wisdom and the things that um, you've been experiencing that has awakened your own sexuality, your own spirituality. So I'd love to hear, you know, how did, how did you start coming across the tantric arts? How did, what's some of your journey that's led you um, to this, this work of transformation? Yeah. So it's always hard to kind of like rewind, but I, I try and keep it kind of succinct in the podcast. But um, yeah, basically like I've been on this journey, I feel since I was born, essentially like um, as young as six, you know, I remember feeling really attuned to spiritual energies as well as like my own sexual energies. So it was like this kind of like curiosity from a really young age, you know, like asking questions like who is God like where do we come from like exploring my own body and like that um orgasmic energy from a really young age just like really curious about um, all things sexuality and spirituality and the two kind of intertwining and and then when I was 14 I had a full-on kundalini awakening and um that kind of like shifted everything for me it was like an accelerated um kind of like nudge into the direction of like this is your path you know but I didn't really I didn't really listen to it at that stage and you know I was 14 so yeah. still, you know, <laughs> school, school and everything and um just doing the thing trying to be a normal teenager <laughs> and so um you know I I suppressed that like force of energy that came through me and kind of ignored it because it was actually really frightening like at that mm-hmm. age not having really much support at all so how that manifested was, um, you know, in things like extreme kind of paranoia and like, um, depression, eating disorders, like a lot of psychological imbalances. Cause it was just so much energy that was rushing through me. And, 
Um, I didn't know how to manage the energy basically. And it was kind of getting stuck, I feel, in the upper chakras. So I was like experiencing a lot of, you know, imbalances with like, yeah, moods and depression and control and paranoia, all these things, like these mental symptoms, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like all the things the world's experiencing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel that there's like a huge Kundalini awakening happening right now. So, um, yeah. So it was kind of like during that phase of the teenage years, I kind of just, yeah, like kept it in the back burner and kind of coped, you know, I like coped with, Mm -hmm. with, um, the ways that I knew, which were actually a lot of art and like drawing, painting, like expressing through art and, and movement. And, um, and then, you know, when I got to 19, 18, 19, I left school, like I, I felt like it was getting worse, you know, and I went on pharmaceuticals, like tried antidepressants for like, I think it lasted three months. It was just so unbelievably horrible. And at the same time, you know, my parents were divorcing. Like I'd just broken up with my first ever boyfriend. Like a lot of like huge, intense, like trauma things were happening. And at the same time, you know, it was, I was remembering my um, childhood where I experienced sexual abuse. So it was like a lot of intense trauma was coming to the surface. And it was like, I was reaching a boiling point and um, you know, I tried the pharmaceutical antidepressants that was horrible. So then something like, you know, called me to yoga and meditation. I was just living near a yoga studio at the time. And, you know, I'd always been like curious about like, this, like always had that spiritual inclination, but never really knew where to go. Cause you know, growing up in mainstream cities and, you know, back then it was kind of like yoga was for just hippies and it was a bit woo woo. And, you know, that was only like 12 years ago. So yeah, <laughs> a, lot yeah. Of, a lot has I, changed. <laughs> yeah. It was like that here. Like, I mean, I grew up in central California, so it's kind of like they call it the Bible belt of California. And yeah. I remember yoga kind of being seen as like Buddhist and out there. And like, I didn't know anyone that practiced it growing up. Yeah. 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 So like, I just, um, I found that and went to a first, my first yoga meditation class and it was just like, whoa, like something just clicked inside of me. And from that experience, you know, I, I knew that there was power in this, um, meditation and yoga. And it was like kind of the, what I see now that practice of the yoga meditation was the kind of solution to what I experienced when I was 14, like being able to manage my energy and, um, refine that spiritual and sexual energy that was like so strong through my body that I didn't know how to kind of um, cultivate and channel at such a young age didn't have the tools so the yoga and meditation really helped and then I kind of like went on a journey with that and as you know you do more yoga you kind of like awaken more parts of your consciousness and you know what I was doing at the time wasn't serving like I did went to uni and did started working in corporate and I by the time I was like 23 you know, I'd done the degree, worked in corporate for a couple of years and then realized like, this is not what I, this is not my service to humanity, like working, you know, in advertising, selling things that are pointless. So, (laughs) um, I, so yeah, like I just was like, okay, well, this is it, you know, like I'm going to go for it. And 
started working in, like I started studying nutrition and this was like part of like helping my, um, helping myself really like with body image stuff that was still kind of there present and, um, you know, like tethers of the eating disorder stuff was still there. So I was like, you know, studying nutrition, supporting myself with body image stuff, getting healthy. And then I started to work in that, like helping women specifically with body image stuff. And then from there, it was like pretty rapid, like within a a year or two um, of doing that, consulting women and supporting them in that way. It was kind of like I was experiencing going deep into healing trauma, like my sexual trauma and seeing how that linked with body image. And then like I started working with women with sexuality and yeah. And from there I found like the tantric arts teachers came into my life pretty effortlessly. I didn't have to seek out any teachers or teachings. They just came to me. So I was like, okay, well, this is a path, like it's just flowing. So I'll just follow it. And um, yeah, I mean like fast forward, like, I don't know, 10 years and yeah, now I kind of work specifically with women and supporting them in yeah merging sexuality and spirituality and um awakening like their gifts awakening their sexual energy healing sexual trauma and how to really express in the world and give their gifts to the world so going deep into like you know the full spectrum of like healing and going into the shadow finding the gifts there and like how to actually create from that and you know, I work with the tantric arts, so mainly with, you know, things like conscious menstruation, womb consciousness, and um, the jade egg practice, shadow work, archetypes, and, um, yeah, embodiment, mm. sacred sexuality. So, mm, thank yeah. Thank you so much for, like, sharing, you know, those parts of your story and the things that you experienced that led you here. I'm curious, like of those things that you teach, which one is your favorite to teach? Um, yeah, it kind of depends like where I'm at. Like it kind of changes the time. But at the moment, I feel really passionate about um, like the creation pro- process, like through the menstrual cycle and orgasmic manifestation. So like cultivating our sexuality, sexual energy and um, creating from that place and magnifying our manifestations and mm. with yeah. with our life force energy as the kind of fuel for that and becoming so aware and attuned to how powerful we are when we are channeling our sexual energy, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful. I remember like the first time I had someone bring it to my awareness of like, you know, like that's your creation spot. Like that is the spot of your body that holds like the energy of creation. It was this like kind of awakening moment to realize like, wow, okay, this is my, and even just hearing first time hearing the reference of like my womb, creativity is such a huge part of my life. And I know a lot of the listeners too, that creativity is everything and being able to open that channel to creativity. And so how do you, how do you like consciously, uh, do you have certain practices that you do or like what is your conversation that you're having with your own spirit when you're asking to open those channels and open those creative floodgates? Um, I'm curious like what your process is or what that, that inner dialogue is. Yeah. I mean, like for me, it's really aligning um, my life and that process with my menstrual cycle. And that's kind of a big part of what I teach is, you know, really 
aligning ourselves with our, yeah, with that natural flow, the feminine flow. And so, you know, we create life through the womb like a child. So obviously we're not having a child every single month. So what else are we creating? So like literally using the whole 28 day cycle as a period of conception of ideas of Mm. allowing ourselves to like be open to receive, you know, when we're bleeding, receiving the, the downloads of like whatever inspiration wants to come from source. And then, you know, when we're ovulating, like planting those seeds, like, like metaphorically and energetically within ourselves. So it's like, yeah, using that womb and that literal blueprint of our body, what it's naturally doing and like and aligning creation and creativity with that flow. And that helps like, you know, with all sorts of things with um, women who, you know, we're all working as women and, you know, there's, it's so amazing. We, we're not living in like the forties where we're disempowered financially or, you know, in many ways, mm-hmm. but it's like, but I find now a lot of women are working like men. So they're getting burnt out. And so this like way of working in alignment with the feminine flow through, you know, following a cycle and doing practices each month, like really help stay balanced as a woman, not end up as a man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my like gosh. Burning out. Oh my gosh. Yes. I am. I agree completely. And that was that's like a huge transition because I, I have a very similar story of, of going from like university to corporate and realizing like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, I, I, no, it was a boiling point. And learning how to work in a feminine flow, I think it's only been not long, like a year. It's so crazy that we're talking about this right now because that's what I was bringing up today because I started my cycle yesterday. Started my moon yesterday mm-hmm. and it's like clockwork. The two days before mm-hmm. I start my period, when all of my hormones are at that like all-time peak, it is just like crazy train is here. I'm like, I can't do this. And the moment <laughs> I start my period, it's like whoosh, I'm grounded. Yeah. And I'm like, who was that girl yesterday? I don't even know her. <laughs> and, and, and allowing to look at my calendar. So I uh, I use an app that's that has been like teaching me and um being able to look at the way that I work. And this has only been something over the past like year, two years of me really being, you know, in my own entrepreneur journey, but realizing that, yeah, like these ways don't work. And I was had a, such a deep fear of burning out again because of the burnout in the past. And so it was this deep limiting belief of, of okay, wait, I'm never going to burn out doing what I love, but it can't look the same way it used to look. Um, yeah. So it's so beautiful that you're teaching women how to, you know, align the things that they're doing in their life around their cycle. And I think it really avoids so much beat up because if we're trying to operate the same every day, it's like, what, what about our rhythms and our cycles? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I realized, you know, when I started working in that like corporate world where it's like, you go to work five days a week, you spend like, you know, eight to 10 hours a day doing the same thing in the same office. And it's like, it, I would notice like, you know, two, two weeks of the month I was so productive. And then the other two, I was just like, just, you wanted to be in flow. And that was like around my menstrual cycle. So I was like, this, this system doesn't support feminine energy at all. Like that whole, like flat line, every day is the same monotony. Like your energy has to be peak every single day. Like it just does not serve feminine hormones, like masculine 
is a lot more like that. Like they're actually, their hormones don't change much over the month. It's more flat lines. So they can work in that and kind of still thrive, you know, like yeah. show up. But we actually go through a full like bell curve, bell curve, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when you start to look at your menstrual cycle and live in alignment with it, it's like it changes your whole life. Like, you know, you're not going to be wanting to work a certain way that you used to because it doesn't, align with your feminine flow so it's like a whole process of like unraveling and stepping into more of your true like flow you know like your your flow not like going against against that and like just living in someone else's trajectory you know yeah absolutely what are some like when women are transitioning to living in alignment with their flow and allowing themselves to flow with it like kind of how you're saying instead of going upstream being able to go downstream with it what are some of the obstacles that they experience during that transition or do you notice that there's any like distortions and beliefs that are like blocking it um when they start that yeah well I think like the biggest one is you know um just being more you know we're so conditioned to just be constantly doing like in that that system I'm talking about, like the masculine flat line, just go be high performance every single day of the the month. It's like um, there's like a, a belief system around, oh, if I'm just being, I, I'm not like contributing to society or I'm not like worthy of being here. It's like actually no, like it's that yin energy of being, like where you can just drop back into your yin and feminine and receive not have to always be doing and accomplishing and pushing outward energy it's like that biggest overcoming that that belief system is huge like you know even for me like I went to an all-girls school high school and it was all about you know feminine empowerment but it was very masculine it was like what can we like accomplish as women and women can do you know and it was good obviously we can accomplish anything and do anything but it was coming like from a masculine kind of approach of like prove your worth it wasn't like honoring the more subtle aspects of like feminine energy you know like the like that magnetic energy and the the part of us that can actually manifest anything from just literally yeah like cultivating our our magnetism, our orgasmic energy, it's actually effortless. Like when you start to live like this, it's not like I don't feel hustle energy at all in my body and I run like, you know, very successful company. I I don't ever let that kind of energy enter because it's not how I want to live my life, you know. It actually feels like it hurts my ovaries if I push too hard. So... Um, yeah, like, Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. How it like can even show up physically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why there is a lot of like, um, infertility and things like this. Um, because of that, like reason, like there is like, you know, in order to receive a child and receive, like you have to literally receive and go more yin and like be more open and just trusting, like listening to intuition, listening to the flow of life. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Learning how to receive. And, you know, I feel one thing that, you know, doing this woman empowerment work as well and through my own journey, right. I'm myself included. It is an art to learn how to receive 
And I think we're all so, so good at giving and our heart loves to give, but that receiving and uh, it, it translates into like every area of our life. (laughs) And I remember like transitioning and like being really conscious and intentional of like, no, I'm, I'm worthy of receiving. I choose to receive. Like, I don't want to deny anyone the gift of giving either because that's what I'm doing if I'm rejecting this. And as I started to look at my work life in that way of like, oh, there's so many amazing opportunities that can be seated and come back to me and I don't need to worry about when, I started to notice that translate of how I was operating in my relationships because I was still mm-hmm. operating with that masculinity the way I was approaching my work life, I was approaching that almost um, penetrating, like I'm going to go after what I want. I'm going to find my man or I'm going to find this, like that goal oriented side of us. That's, that's wanting to go after it. Like, yeah, that part's great in certain aspects because we want to, we're ambitious naturally. You know, I feel like the type of women that listen to the show are they're very ambitious, very empathetic. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious, is, did that, is, is that something that happened similar when you started to realize those parallels? Cause I know that relationships is a big part of your company as well. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's like, yeah. Like, from every aspect it's like literally you know when you're in a relationship with a man and you're being intimate like you are by like physically receiving like he is penetrating you <laughs> like yeah. so we are more receptive by nature so on a biological level that's happening and so it's like if if there's like any resistance to receiving in general then it's it's going to block that flow of energy between the two of you like in lovemaking and in the relationship. And, you know, it's not like we just stop giving like as women, (laughs) it's just that there needs to be a balance of give and receive. And it's the same for men. Like men also receive, they have a feminine essence as well. We have a masculine side as well as women, but like naturally like there is a block and there's like resistance to around this receiving. I think it just stems from what I've seen, like, you know, within myself, like my unraveling of it and like, clients and this it's it comes back to that unworthiness and the childhood wounding around like maybe not getting maybe expressing what you wanted as a child and it being like dismissed or never really yeah like maybe your your parents said something oh like you you're not like you know your, your sister's needs are more important than yours like these things or like you know they they couldn't have the capacity like as parents to give us what we needed And so there's this, like, I don't feel worthy of getting my needs met or receiving. So I think there's something deep, deep at the core, you know, from childhood that, like, has to be kind of, like, looked at and just felt and cleared and unraveled into, like, no, I'm worthy of receiving. Like, Mm. it doesn't make me a selfish person or, like, bad person. It's, like, we actually all, all humans, like, deserve to get their needs met, you know? Yeah. Whatever level that is of like the evolution it's like yeah everyone's got different needs and desires yeah absolutely and we don't have to do anything to earn it (laughs) I think that's also like the masculine complex of you know we must succeed like victory like someone (laughs) has to go down for us to win and it's like no (laughs) yeah yeah and I love that you used um you know, some of those examples, something that, something that's coming to my mind, um, is like little girls, when, when we would play, it was like, oh, let's, 
let's play house and you could be mom and you'll be dad, you'll be so-and-so and then we'll all switch, you know? And it was all yeah. around like role playing. And then like the boys are like, okay, you're on this team, you're on this team, we're going to play, winner gets to do this. And it's like, it just goes to show like our masculine and feminine essence because like no one wins in the game of house. <laughs> it's all around yeah. fairness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. about connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just such like a great metaphor to like see like how, yes, men can thrive in that environment in that like consistency. And like, yeah, I, I'm so on board with everything that you're saying about uh, the, that flow of energy that we do need and allowing ourselves to receive. Oh, and the example you used of maybe our parents giving something to a sibling over us, something that can be so small that maybe we would never think in our mind to be traumatic but it still had a tra- traumatic effect that's created these long-term beliefs of unworthiness. And unworthiness was so tricky for me because I didn't connect with that. Like I w- didn't identify with that at all. But as I started doing like deeper transformational work, it was being revealed to me in so many areas of my life that I was not living as though I believed I was worthy. And so that was like my first exposure to a limiting belief because I was like, well, this w- I didn't even know that I would like, it was one of those things you don't know what you don't know until spirit Mm. presents it to you. Um, And so I think that like worthiness is the core of everything, but it's interesting how it gets presented to connect with people because I look back a couple, like four years ago before I started doing the work and I would never have connected with, Oh, I don't feel worthy. You know what I mean? Mm. But as we get deeper, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And it's, that's how it is. You know, that's how the unconscious operates. It's very like sneaky. That's why it's in the unconscious. Like we can't see it until it's brought to the light, you know? So that's the whole journey of like reclaiming and coming back into wholeness is like, yeah, like shining a light on these dark places where things are hiding really deep and (laughs) deep and dark in corners of the unconscious mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up, like with going to those deep places, we don't really want to go. Cause I had some people reach out to me and it was just so interesting. And they, they said, um, that they've seen toxic positivity is how they described it. And I'd never heard someone say it that way, but I knew right away what they meant, Mm um, of like not choosing to look at love and light through everything without doing the shadow work. So it's all of those unconscious things Mm. that are still operating us, that we're still operating from. Um, You know, how how have you approached, like, intentionally doing shadow work, like, with yourself or with clients? I mean, I know part of it is that things are revealed when they're meant to be revealed, and it's, like, up to us to look at them. Um, But I'm just curious, like, your perspective, or maybe even how you would describe shadow work to someone who maybe hasn't heard of that before. Yeah, well, I mean, like one of the biggest ways is actually, again, like letting our womb and our menstrual cycle reveal that. So, for example, um, like you mentioned, like just before your period, you're like, who was that person? Like, so that that period, that time before we bleed is actually when the unconscious is like bubbling up to the surface. Like the, the, the unconscious and conscious mind starts to kind of like, you know, the veil becomes very thin between that. So that week before we bleed, that premenstrual week, you know, how there's like a stigma around it being like, oh, 
she's crazy during that week or like it's a syndrome or some (laughs) bullshit (laughs) with the medical system. (laughs) It's like that. (laughs) It's because that week is the, um, the week that like the, your, like your uterus lining is starting to shed like physically. So anything energetically and emotionally is starting to shed as well from your being. So like all these like unconscious beliefs start to come to the surface. And so, you know, if you feel like intense emotions are arising or like similar themes are coming up, like, you know, you might have a fight with your boyfriend around the same kind of theme every premenstrual week um, or whatever it is, it's that that week is so crucial because it's your shadow, the unconscious things that are like hiding deep down within the unconscious mind are wanting to be seen and felt and so each each time that we have that premenstrual week and we just like ignore whatever's coming up and just like distract just keep on like I don't know check out then it just amplifies it bigger and bigger as each month goes on so like the 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 key to like really alchemize it is to face it so it's like see it feel it and then once it that whatever it is is coming up wants to be seen and felt and heard, then it can be freed from your energy and freed from the unconscious into the conscious mind. So it creates more spaciousness within you. And so that's also what the pain that we experience during menstruation when we're bleeding is often linked to that. So anything that wasn't resolved, anything that wasn't like fully felt from the unconscious will manifest as pain because it's like, again, your body's like, Hey, listen to this, like stop, like feel what's going on, like go deeper into this sensation on the physical. And then, you know, I guide women through like going through the physical and then what's beneath that is an emotion. And then beneath that is, you know, we're going to the, the root cause. So it's the physical first is the signal. And then like, it goes into emotional and then spiritual energy and energetic. And then the energy realm is where the root of it is. So, um, yeah, that week before we bleed is basically one of the most powerful and important weeks of our um, cycle to really, like, do, do deep work. And, like, it's like our body is just guiding us. So, yeah, having tools to work with it and alchemize and like, you know, a guide or support is, is good. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest resistance to that is like having, um, the, the courage and willingness to actually feel what is there because it is, it can be really dark and really like scary and painful. And, but like, you know, once you feel it, it's like anything, like it just, alchemizes and moves from your body and but it's just yeah overcoming that hurdle to like oh god I've got to feel that thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my gosh this is so thank you so much for sharing that Uh, that is so powerful I've had so many conversations today I know today doesn't really make sense with podcasts but whatever I had so many conversations (laughs) today with women about that that time right before we start and how I was just speaking of it from, you know, the information that I have of like, yeah, our, our hormones are at our all-time concentration, but how powerful to use that time as an insight into the shadow work. And that all clicks because I, there were so many things that revealed to me just over the past couple of days. And 
you know, it, it is painful. And there is this mm-hmm. like level of bravery to say, I'm, I'm willing, the, the affirmation I always use is I'm willing to be with myself right now because, I, or else I'll want to reach for weed or reach for other things that will check me out. It's like, no, I'm willing to be with myself right now. I'm not going to abandon myself. Um, and I think it's so powerful to be able to use that. And I, yeah. I haven't heard, heard, put the two and two together of, of the transformational work and that integration work in accordance with the menstrual cycle, especially that period right before we start. So it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like I have my like understanding of, of alchemy and alchemizing, but for some of the audience that maybe doesn't know that, how would you describe when we can alchemize something into our being and into our, our, you know, our dimension, you know, how would you describe alchemy? Yeah. Well, I mean like the definition of alchemy, you know, in the kind of magical terms and science terms is like (laughs) taking one form and another form and like, you know, creating something new. So like, you know, with water, if you put an element in it, like, in the freezer it'll turn to ice so you're creating something new like fire you like wood you light it and then it turns from wood to ash so it's like taking one form and alchemizing like creating it into something new a new form so when it comes to emotions alchemizing emotions it's like the way I see it is like just like a visual just say it's like a ball of like a ball of like um stagnant energy somewhere in your body and it just has to be like the element that I use is usually breath, sound and movement and awareness. Those are the elements that are coming into that ball of stagnant and it kind of like breaks it up and dissipates it. And then once that's dissipated, then you can have more spaciousness in your body. And when you have more spaciousness in your body, you're a clearer vessel. Like you can, there's no like clunkiness, like you just can flow more and there's like less resistance to life itself. And, you know, it's just for overall health and well-being and mental health as well. And just living your ultimate potential, really yeah. being that clear channel. So mm, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I'm loving this. And <laughs> it, 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 it and it just takes, like, I feel like the more and more we learn about our menstrual cycle and how to be able to al- bring that together for being able to alchemize these these heavy emotions and, and let them form into something new, like, I feel like the energy almost redistributes towards other things that actually do feel good. Um, and, you know, when you are, when you are working through things that, you know, you've, you notice are not in alignment with who you really are, right? When we're experiencing lower level vibrations of fear or anxiety, I remember you, you posted something recently that you don't let fear govern your life. And, you know, it was, it was one thing, there's some things happening with the border and you were flying back to Bali. Um, can you share a little bit about, you know, how, you know, I'm assuming it's love that you let govern your life. If it's not fear, you know, how do you integrate that into your life of, of operating from love and, and making sure that there aren't subconscious things that are operating from fear? You know, how do you, you create that awareness and connection? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just really a choice. It's like, yeah, with that example, it's like, um, 
there's a collective fear, like there's always collective fears and collective energies that are at play. And, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of the world is still operating in like not living from their highest truth. And so it's actually really brave to choose like, oh, I'm not going to follow the sheep and I'm not going to follow like the pack and just like go along with just because everyone else is in fear and like living that way. Like in that example, I'm like, coming back, taking my power back into myself, not looking outside for someone to guide me and allowing myself, my inner guidance to um, my intuition to like inform me. So I'm like, okay, like I don't feel any fear in my body around this situation. So I'm just going to be a radical like rebel and just like follow (laughs) what feels good, you know? And I think like we need more of that. It's like, you know, we can all harmoniously like operate. So like we're causing like disruptions to the, you know, to harming anyone, but it's just like, what if we all just followed our truth and followed what felt good and was true for us? It's like, even with all this stuff at the moment, like with, you know, the Corona and it's like, people are still just wanting to get like others to give them an opinion, like an, a doctor or an official. And it's like, why don't we just look within and actually feel what's what we believe? Like why are we still giving power outside? It's just like showing again, like another example of like giving power out to the external and to, yeah, it's like external. Of course, like some people are more informed in certain areas of things, but if that element of like not trusting yourself first comes again and again, then that's a, that's an issue, you know, cause you, yeah. you're not like living in your, your center and, yeah, and I mean, like the womb is the center of your being. Like it's the the hara in um, in the Taoist. They call it the the hara, like the dantian. Like the it's like the center of gravity of our being, that sacral area where our power is sourced from. So if we're if that's out of alignment, then we don't feel centered in our being. We're like we can be swayed into anything. Really, we're not connected to our body, to our our power source, plugged in. So, you know, the womb connection is a huge part of reclaiming that like self sovereignty, self sourcing and connecting to your inner knowing and your intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, all of those lower chakras, they, they're directly tied to that sense of safety. And yeah, like we are never going to get that sense of safety outside of us we might momentarily, mm-hmm. but like the, it, that sustainable long-term sense of safety, like only comes from within only comes from our connect, our connection to source. Um, and so, it's so it's so incredible being able to witness and see other women that are allowing themselves to operate truly from what you want, truly from your desire, you know, and like not only operating from, <laughs> like having the awareness of it and operating from it um, because yeah. I feel like it just opens up the doors because there's a ripple effect there where it's like, yeah. wow, you're giving permission to that person, to that person, to that person. And then on the reverse side, kind of coming back to that self-worthiness conversation, if we aren't trusting ourselves, what is that? What are, what are we translating that as a meaning? It's like, if I can't trust myself, does that mean I'm not trustworthy of an opinion? You know? So it's like, yeah. if we start to unpack, well, what is below these, this operating system? And I think that's like a really powerful thing of like, what am I operating from? Um, and so your yeah. insight is so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it's like, 
yeah, I'm not saying like I'm always operating. Like, of course, I still have fears come up, but yeah. it's like, you know. Well, we're human. Yeah, doing our the, best, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the way that I look at it is, okay, the fears are going to come up no matter what because if they aren't coming up, I aren't, I'm not getting close enough to that edge of my like evolution. Like I just picture like that cocooning over and over again. And like, like the butterflies fucking struggling to get out of that cocoon and like, but it has to go through the struggle (laughs) in order to get the muscles. And so like I kind of view it like that. But the cool thing is, is like, I'm noticing over time and I kind of use this as a gauge is the window of being in that, like being stuck in my shit, being in the fear, like the window gets smaller and smaller and smaller because it becomes Mm. easier to, to alchemize over time because it's like, okay, I recognize this. Obviously it's not always this getting small, the window's not smaller and smaller, but I look back at certain things that would used to throw me out of alignment and throw me off into like a tailspin for like three weeks. Now is something that can be one day or a half day. Mm. Um, And so that part's just this, and I feel like that's almost this emotional muscle or it's this muscle of tuning back into the inner child or tuning back into that inner peace, that inner sense of safety that is not outside of us, that is like accessible to us. Um, Mm. And it sounds like a lot of how I reference that is how you reference the womb, you know? Um, Yeah. That, that, that place of creation. And I think that it's so important, like everyone being able to know that we all are creators of our life, whether we're realizing it or not, everything is contributing to um, what we're experiencing. And so it's like to be walking it and doing it unintentionally and unconsciously, it's like, Oh my gosh, there's so much that it is in our, our, which sounds weird to say in our control because there is this, it's a false sense of control because the only thing we're really in control of is like the person we're deciding to be. Um, and I like that the very first thing you said when I asked about the fear of, of operating from it, you're like, well, it's a decision, you know, first and foremost. Yeah. Decision. Um, I think that part's really important to, you know, even if we don't know how, we don't have the tools or we aren't sure what it is, simply deciding opens us up to, to receiving yeah yeah that's it yeah (laughs) well i'm so grateful for the time that um we've been able to share here on joyfully you podcast um i'd love to hear is there any any final things before we start to kind of wrap up that's really been coming to your heart that you really want to share with the collective that you really want to share with the sisterhood that that is here on joyfully you podcast Um, yeah, I mean, like just in these times, you know, just really staying centered and like really doing that, like inner, inner work to reconnecting to, I think right now, like the biggest thing that is being shown, like, because there is so much like real shit that's hitting the fan is, is how, how much like it's showing people's true colors, you know, like how do we, how do we cope in a crisis? Like, are we going to freak out? Are we going to like run are we gonna you know give our power away to authorities and medical systems that are just like absolutely you know ridiculous and watch the media and you know so it's like right now it's really important for women especially to be leading the consciousness and that uh, and that it being like led from 
a deep place of embodiment and rooted to the earth, rooted to your womb, like really being grounded and, um, yeah, like allowing stuff that's coming up, but like just, yeah, like drawing that power back in and sourcing from within us. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so wonderful. Thank you. So I like to ask people this towards the end of the show, just to kind of give your own definition of it. So go ahead and finish mm-hmm. the sentence. Self-love is. Self-love is accepting all parts of ourselves from the mud to the lotus. Ooh, I love that. I'm such like a visual learner and like, you know, imagery. And so that's, I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So Nadine, how can people um, stay connected with you? Uh, What are some things you have coming up that um, people can check out? Yeah. So the best way to stay connected is um, on Instagram, following me on Instagram. I, you know, share epic stuff there, content and all sorts of things. So that's tantric.alchemy as well as subscribing to my mailing list. Um, and, you know, what I've got is my online courses. The Creatress is the, the main one that's flowing at the moment. That's all about, um, so it's four modules, four weeks, guiding you through your menstrual cycle and giving different practices to really enhance um, and make the most of your cycle so you can really live in that like feminine flow. So it's like practical processes, um, videos, meditations. Um, awesome. So that's that's available as well as um, my facilitator training. So I offer these feminine embodiment facilitator trainings. So that's a you know a week with me training in the tantric arts, womb womb consciousness, archetypes, the jaded practice, the Taoist tantric arts for women, and really just. Yeah, going on your own journey to empower yourself through embodiment first and foremost and then stepping into that leadership role in your community or adding it to your current, like, you know, healing arts that you share. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nadine, for joining the <laughs> Youth Podcast. It's been such an... It's been so fun having this conversation and I know everyone listening is going to love it. So, you guys, if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot right now, tag both Nadine and I, Tantric Alchemy, Kelsey Lowe Show, or maybe if you're somewhere in nature and you're listening, take a picture of what you're listening and tag us to your stories. We love being able to connect with you. Um, and I know that it's always fun being able to see who's listening. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nadine, for joining. And um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe. And Nadine, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye, guys.